And we're back. This is, what, the fourth iteration of the Movie Men now? Coming to make your ears bleed with some audible terribleness. I'm Callum O'Toole and I'm with Johnny Smith. Welcome to you. Yes. Welcome to you listeners again. Good evening from me, good evening from you. James Pugh, unfortunately, is not here. Filming schedules uh, meant that... Not filming schedules, voiceover schedules meant that he couldn't bless us with his presence. Not enough uh, commitment as far as I'm concerned. I've been all over the Northwest today. Doing football, NFL, hailstorms, electrical storms, and... And I watched the first half of Leicester versus Fleetwood, which felt like a very, very long time, so... That was quite an ordeal for you. Yeah, I'm quite strained after that, so it's taken a lot of willpower to get here from my sofa to the kitchen table. Which is most of your day these days, Johnny, because um, listeners, I don't know if you remember, but Johnny was doing a film master's. That's now expired. That's done. And what are you doing? What are you doing to fill your days now? Well, then? the good thing is that doing a film master's adds zero qualifications to your employability. Mm. So at the moment, I'm just watching the best films of the last year, which is kind of productive, but it does feel like I'm sort of under house arrest. It's a bit it, like being James Stewart in Rear Window. I can't move from the confines of my living room. <laughs> Even a film marketing company who you applied for a job with wouldn't take you on the other day, despite having a master's in film and a background in marketing. The unfortunate thing is that I was overqualified, right. would you believe? Yes. I just have to uh, I wouldn't. rein in my genius in, in future interviews. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, well, Johnny, I mean, you've pl- probably had plenty of time to look at the news, study the guides, the film stuff that's coming out, the, the film stuff that's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> look on the internet, see what on earth is happening in the world of film. So, Johnny, this week in film, what have you got for us? Well, this week in film, I've seen that uh, Quentin Tarantino's got a new film coming out, um, which is rumoured to be based around Charles Manson's murders in 1969, I think, in LA. And the first person who's been officially signed on for the cast is good old Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, right, okay. Now Oscar winner. Oh, so he's kind of like the new Samuel L. Jackson and just appearing in... Bear Quentin Tarantino films. Yeah, I mean, he's done all the Scorsese, so he's he's binned him off uh, Tarantino now. Yeah. So I, I sort of made me think... If... Not, not a bad alternative. No, I mean, he's, go, he's doing, doing the rounds you, well. Scorsese. You've, you've uh, you know, filled your purpose in my life, now I'm going to move on to Quentin Tarantino. Sorry. I right? think, it, you know, what made me think... Stick was... that on your CV, Johnny, and your employability well, will go it. up through the roof. Probably Quentin Tarantino will put me in the film with him. <laughs> but I was thinking if... You know, Leonardo DiCaprio, I'm not sure what he's going to be in this film, but maybe he'll be playing Charles Manson. I think he's going to be an over-actor. As Charles Charles Manson (laughs) over-acting? Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, if, if, you know, maybe think which actors would be good in charge of a cult. Oh, right, Okay. Well, Tom Cruise is in charge of a cult, effectively, already. (laughs) Wow, yeah. John Travolta, you know, we just... Will Smith. Wrap them all off. You know, occasionally dabbles in the cult. Does he? Yeah, oh, I didn't know that about old Willy, Willy, Big Willie style. Yeah, the, the Smith household is is dabbling in the the Scientology areas, which isn't great. Yeah, I mean Jaden Smith, you know, is dabbling in some dark stuff. Anyway, if you ever see his Twitter feed, very bizarre stuff that flies out there. If you haven't seen it, definitely worth checking out. Yeah, I remember talking about mirrors and philosophical. Yeah, awful. I, I can't remember any off the top of my head, but they're all fucking nuts. So yeah, definitely worth checking out. Okay, no, that's that's interesting. That's that's, that's so good. you know Tarantino always always interesting. That's good stuff. It's never going to be boring. So that's one to keep an eye out. Well, I want to take you east, Johnny, to the Middle East specifically. So Saudi Arabia, right? Oh, Thirty years ago, some stuff happened in Saudi Arabia, I think, and they stopped showing films in Saudi Arabia, according to this article I read in the Independent. It sounds far fetched. It sounds bullshit. It's the only source I've read it on, so I could be making stuff up, but. 
for the first time, Saudi Arabia have shown a film. First time in 30 years, public screening of a film. And do you know what film they chose? Probably not Jarhead or Zero Dark Thirty or any of those sort of controversial American... The Kingdom. Is it the no, kingdom? it wasn't well. The Kingdom, I was saying. I will just keep throwing another one into the mix. No, it was, in fact, The Emoji Movie. Wow. The, the much maligned Emoji Movie. Apparently good enough for the fine people of Saudi Arabia, though. Imagine if you were in Saudi Arabia 30 years ago and you went and saw, I don't know, something like Indiana Jones was on. You went, that was good, great. You know, I hope they make another one. And then they go, you can't see another film now. You waited 30 years to go to the cinema. <laughs> 30 the years. You go, God, this is on. great. I can't wait to see all those good American films again. You've and been... you're faced with the Emoji Movie. And, you know, if that wasn't enough, the much maligned Emoji Movie, after that, apparently the second film they showed was Captain Underpants. Wow. I mean, you you know, you wait, you see all these films coming out, and then you just go, oh, Florida Project's out, Lady Bird's out, Dunkirk, great. Oh, a double bill of the Emoji Movie Captain Underpants. Yeah. We better, better, and then subsequently did Cinema Get Banned Again the next day. He <laughs> should have done, yeah. Just a popular uprising this time. Yeah. And they're like, no, I'm not having this. So, Mildred Hayes, why did you put up these billboards? My daughter Angela was murdered seven months ago. It seems to me the police department is too busy torturing black folks to solve actual crime. What the hell is this? Sunshine beating on a good time. I'd do anything to catch your daughter's killer. I don't think those billboards is very fair. Time it took you to get out here whining like a bitch, Willoughby. Some other poor girl's probably out there being butchered right now. So the reason we've gathered here today in Johnny's flat is... Johnny and Beth's flat, sorry, that was a bit rude of me to ignore Beth. I'm sure she pays half the mortgage. Um, is to discuss the film of the moment, you probably would say. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Ebbing, comma, Missouri. Um, this is a film that stars Frances McDormand as a very, very angry woman whose uh, daughter has been raped and murdered. And to put a quick plot synopsis, she rents some billboards on a road uh, asking the local police why the crime hasn't been solved yet. And things have gone from there. So, Johnny, this film has been getting, I mean, I wouldn't say unprecedented praise, but I mean, huge praise from any film I can think of for a very, very long time. Is it deserving of it? I think, you know, as well in the sort of the praise, it was kind of left field as well. I don't think people were talking about it six months ago. And then it sort of came into the Golden Globes and yeah. swept up the Best Film Award. And, you know, a lot of glowing reviews in the process. But, as the movie men have to put a down on everything, <laughs> I have to say I was deeply underwhelmed by the end result. Yeah. I think, as you said, you know, with your synopsis, the premise is excellent, is, you know, you got Frances McDormand on all cylinders, it's great. And, you know, it's this standoff between her and the local police mm -hmm. and the sort of dynamics in this small-town America community, you know, really set up a very interesting scenario and Woody Harrelson as the police chief is always great and everything. Yeah, He's got Woody that Harrelson. sort of gruff niceness. And I think it's all sets up very well for, to be an excellent film, but it just loses so much momentum as it goes on and becomes more disjointed and more tonally confused because it's mm. dark humour you know it's a black comedy but it doesn't balance the comedy and the you know serious drama about someone being raped and murdered and a yeah. mum grieving particularly well which yeah. is sort of why I felt as it, as it went on it lost its way you know Martin McDonough is the director of the film uh, did he write it as well? yeah I think he wrote it as well um, and you know one of his previous films In Bruges that I'm sure pretty most of our listeners have, have seen or is probably the film of his that most of our listeners would have seen uh, that does balance that really well because it is funny the, the, black, the dark humour is funny this was a bit 
the humour, tonally, as you mentioned before, the humour kind of missed the mark quite often. It was a bit slapstick, it was a bit childish, it was a bit silly, really. And it just didn't really cut through when the subject matter was so serious. I think that, you know, at the central core, there's a good drama to be had there, you know, almost like a revenge thriller. But I think the comedy that intersects it, you know, could work, but the writing is really pure, really poor, and I think a lot of the jokes don't really add up and you get Francie McDormand sort of ranting about the Catholic Church, mm. she sort of talks about racist police, mm. and sort of... and. She also sort of goes after he goes after the sort of army a bit with a sort of later character, and all the attacks are kind of wafer thin and mm. a bit childish and a bit like it's out to shock you, and sort of make a joke of it and see how far it can push it without any real conviction or purpose to it beyond how can we sort of offend and you know swearing a lot and that sort of stuff that sounds impressive but actually when it comes out is a bit flat and mm. sort of try hard. I think when... Um, it's difficult to not give away too many spoilers with this, but um, when one of the central characters is no longer in the film, as frequently as to begin with, it really loses its way because the real bulk of the film is based around a clash between two main characters who are actually both quite sympathetic in a way to... Well, not sympathetic. They're, they're both on the same side, really, when you boil it down to it. And as soon as that... As soon as one of those individuals is no longer there... Everything, the, the whole narrative thread just becomes a bit weak. There's just not actually that much to it anymore. Like you, you what you you know you said that it was a great premise, but then it just so loses its way because I don't think McDonough really knew where to go with it, and so it just kind of meanders to quite an unsatisfactory close. Yeah, I think you know in the end, you know, without giving too much away, it doesn't come to the neat resolution you know that would often come about in films, but it which, need it, to. which is good, which it doesn't need to, but it equally doesn't come up with a decent alternative no. I don't think either and it just felt there was a lot of strands like Francis McDormand's relationship with her son with her estranged husband who sort of you know there's a history of domestic violence and then there's sort of the race element that comes mm. into it with the police it's pretty much got every theme in it, it there's a lot really in it and it starts off with all those properly. themes yeah that's the thing they all yeah. sort of peter out and it becomes quite a robust plot to actually one that really is just petering out and, and meandering along without ever... You know, I think you go from the billboards and when you, the film starts, they are the key focus mm -hmm. and it all goes off that. By the end, you've sort of almost forgotten the billboards really how this all started and, you know, with the relevant point of it. Mm -hmm. It goes so often so many tangents that it just doesn't really tie them up in a neat way at all. One of the sketchiest bits of uh, computer graphics I've ever seen as well. well. not ever seen, but seen probably post-2007, 2008, involving a deer that's just like... I mean, I don't know if it was just intending to look dreamlike and, and like really hammer home that this was just a fantasy kind of thing, but it was... Yeah, it really looked quite... Like Windows 98. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, yeah. It wasn't great. I think, I think I saw something else recently. I think it was The Walking Dead and there was a deer in that and that was another... Bad CGI. Maybe the same, same one. one. Maybe the same CGI. It's just doing the rounds. It's just it literally pretty left over from Bambi originally, and they just like stripped the background off and chucked it on. I'd say with the film, most lost me. Not most lost me because I did enjoy the film. I think it's important to state that I did find it entertaining the whole way through. I just felt felt like we needed to push back a little bit on the level of praise it's been getting. I just don't think it's worth it. Yeah, I think without all the expectation, you'd say that was a yeah. enjoyable film with some good performances but maybe didn't really mm. go anywhere in the end but obviously in light of everything all the awards 
you know, it's not really lived up to its expectation. But probably um, my my biggest bugbear with the film is a is this might be a bit of a spoiler as well, but one character in particular, and it's quite obvious who that character is, has a sort of road to Damascus esque transformation. And considering how deep set it's presented that he his opinions and his views are, it just did not ring true in any way, shape, or form that that would have caused him to to do that. So I wasn't entirely buying in on that. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. The sort of film is all about, in a way, is about redemption and, and, you know, finding some sort of change in the world and resolution, which it doesn't do, No, which is fine, because quite often that isn't always the way things go. But it sort of flip-flops between resolution and not resolution, and it comes up in the middle, which... Mm is kind of non-committal on all, all counts. I also, um, you know, took a little bit of exception. There was a particularly sycophantic BBC article reviewing it that I really didn't agree with in many ways. Um, but one of the things was talking about it like a modern American classic. And I was like, well, Johnny, I've just been slightly distracted. There appears to be a fireworks display going on just over your head. That does seem to happen quite so often around here. it's coming out of your head slightly. Maybe it's a celebration of the return of the movie, Ben. I severely doubt that, though. They've obviously uh, heard the news, then. Just finally, uh, I wanted to touch on Francis McDormand's performance because, like I said, mentioned there was this uh, very sycophantic BBC article that basically said, give her the Oscar now. She's good. She's very good. Francis McDormand's always pretty good. Um, but I kind of felt like this was quite an easy performance. I didn't, th- I didn't see the nuance in her performance that maybe some other critics are seeing. Maybe that says something about me, but... I thought she was just an angry woman running around being angry. I think, yeah, it's kind of a tough one. Because um, obviously what sticks in your mind is the sort of anger and the rage and, you know, kicking people and throwing things at people and generally being belligerent and angry. Mm. And there are sort of tender moments where she sort of breaks down a bit and shows a softer side. But it it kind of just goes in such extremes mm. that you can't really feel like she's a real person. And I think... She sort of did the best with the material, but I think the writing, which fundamentally lets down the whole film, is what sort of undercuts her, that it doesn't have those moments in between where you see a bit more into her character and insight. It's kind of extremes of, you know, anger and hatred or having a cry in the corner. And sometimes you've got to kind of even it out in the middle. Give it to Sally Hawkins, that's all we're saying. Um, but Woody Harrelson, though, he was very good in his parts in the film as well. He, the good thing about Woody Harrelson is that he's very good at playing good guys and bad guys without doing seemingly anything different. Yeah, he's got that sort of rugged lawlessness where he can sort of fall on either side. Mm. And in this, you know, he's obviously a good cop, but he also is, you know, not afraid to he's the tell it like it is and, and, you know, takes no shit. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know... He adds a lot in the fact that he can do a bit of both and he has a sense of... I think with Sam Rockwell's character and Francis McDormand, they're kind of extremes and they're caricatures a bit, whereas Woody Harrelson probably felt one of the only believable, rounded characters because Woody Harrelson's very good at being a rounded, normal guy Mm. but having a bit of an edge to him as well. Yeah, he's a bit of an everyman, isn't he? His wife, though, that was a bit of a strange bit of casting. She seemed to be like a 30-year-old Australian... Yeah, very, and, and acting was, you know, minimal. A stranger couple, but then obviously outstranged by... Francis McDormand's ex-husband. And, yeah, that and Peter Dinklage and Francis McDormand. Yeah, Peter Dinklage. It was such a waste of Peter Dinklage. I think, you know, when we were talking about the... 
He was just you, in there to be the midget. It yeah. was very, it was very strange. There was no intelligent reason for him to be. I in think there. that's you know it comes back to that sort of lacking in the writing, the sort of pure arc humor. Yeah. Peter Dinklage is a midget. Isn't it funny that he's a midget? Yeah. It's like I think you know we've done this joke now. Uh, so let's rate this film then, Johnny. Uh, what was our ratings out of these days? Uh, let's put it out eight point seven. Now our ratings are out of ten. Ten. But we normally give a one decimal place, don't we? So it's actually out of a hundred, like a percentage. Rotten okay. Tomatoes like. Well, percentage. But for legal reasons, we have to do decimal place. <laughs> I will call it. I'm gonna say a six point one, a sixty one. Six. <laughs> this is yeah. I shouldn't six, know what. Uh, six billboards outside of Missouri. Yeah. I mean, could I take six billboards? <laughs> could I take two, two of these? Um, I, I I pretty agree. Yeah. It was a good film. I enjoyed it. It was good. I think it's just one of those ones. And we're not contrarians. I don't think we're contrarians, Johnny. Because I really wanted to enjoy it. One of those yeah. films where halfway through, you're to yourself, you're going. I was making excuses for it. Yeah. yeah. You're going. I. You know. That's fine. I'll let it get off there. And that's always the sign yeah. that it's probably not that good, really, yeah. when you're, you're desperately trying to like yeah. it and you're just making excuses the whole way. I went in with a positive uh, impression and came out with a average impression of it. So, yeah, 6.1. I'm going to give it a 6.2. I'm going to be slightly more generous than you. The thing is, I don't know whether my whole opinion of it was shaped by what happened before I actually went into the cinema. We went and watched it together, didn't we, Johnny? And I went to the toilet just before we went in and assuming the urinals would just be by the door, just walked in, and I was sort of mid-zip as I was walking through the door, and then fully unzipped, and noticed that the urinals were at the far end of the toilet, and there was already a gentleman in there, and I was like, well, do I zip up now? Do I make it a thing, or do I just literally stroll down unzipped? Went down unzipped. Oh, yeah. A man of, you know, conviction. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to... In for a penny, in for a pound, I always And say. that's when Callum was arrested for public indecency. Yeah. <laughs> And as sad as the spectacle of these billboards might be, this reporter, for one, hopes this finally puts an end to the strange saga of the three billboards outside. This doesn't put an end to shit, you fucking retard. This is just a fucking start. Why don't you put that on your good morning, Missouri fucking wake up broadcast, bitch? So it's time for a famous movie men movie quiz. Uh, well, movie quiz, let's say a famous movie men Missouri quiz. Ooh. So Missouri, a place close to my heart. Johnny and I did my study abroad in Missouri. Spent uh-huh. spent a few months at the University of Missouri, Columbia. Some of the best bloody days of my life. Did you see any good billboards? <laughs> yeah, loads. Can, can move for billboards. Pe- everyone most every, everyone who's got a grievance with the police exactly. famously just buys billboards in Missouri. Yeah, and if there's one place you can have a grievance with the police, it's probably Missouri. Kind of in the middle of, uh, you know, racial tensions in America. Ah, yeah. Topical, this show, as always. So I've got seven questions here, because I, I can only find, I can only think up seven good ones, uh, about the fine state of Missouri. Oh, God. Uh, some film related, some not. So um, let's see how you get on. So, question number one: Ebbing, Missouri, is a real place. True or false? True. That is false, John. <sighs> Ebbing, Missouri, is not a real place. I'd look. There's an Ebbing in Texas. Oh, is there? Yeah, I think. I thought it might be a real place, but they didn't film any of it there. One of them. No, no. Um, I assumed you didn't have the most in-depth knowledge of Missouri, so I've kind of given you a lot of true or falses or fifty-fifties. It's good because I'm not entirely sure where in America Missouri is. <laughs> Slap bang in the middle, right next to Kansas. Oh well, that's easy. Oh, yeah, it's pretty. It's almost entirely square as a state as well, and what a bloody lovely state it is. Like well. a billboard. Like a billboard, which is normally rectangular. 
which I suppose Missouri is kind of a bit more rectangular than this square. Um, but let's not get into geography. This isn't the, the geography men, <laughs> the geography guys. Uh, question number two. Missouri, the state motto of Missouri, is it known as the show me state or the sooner state? I'm going to say the show me state. And you would be correct. And despite having lived there for a while, I still have no idea what it means. That's, a, that's not a good... It's strange. Lots of public indecency there. Yeah. You've got the Garden State, which is New Jersey, is that? I think. Yeah. And then you've got like the Sunshine State, which is Florida, or is that California? I think it's Florida. I can't remember. Then New Hampshire is the Granite yeah. State, I think. Yeah, some of them make sense. The show me state... Not 100% sure So we need a catchy, you know, tagline for Missouri. What have we got? Any landmarks? No. Anything interesting? No. We could just tell people that we've got something to show, but not what it is. Yeah, the St. Louis Arch will uh, will query that Missouri has nothing interesting to show people, Johnny, and the Ozarks. They could just call it the... Your ignorance is just astounding. Well, I'm not the one who made the motto. (laughs) That's true. Uh, Question number three, we must move on. Um, Which of these presidents is from Missouri? The only... President from Missouri. Is it President Harry Truman or President Richard Nixon? Oh, hmm. I'm going to say Harry Truman. It is. It is Harry Truman. And the uh, mascot of the University of Missouri is Truman the Tiger. As well. I'm very proud of their presidential links. Um, and Richard Nixon's obviously from hell. <laughs> That's true. That's true. The lesser known state of hell. Richard Nixon. Yes. Question number four. The actor, Brad Pitt... Grew up in Springfield, Missouri. True or false? I'll say true. It is true. It is true, Johnny. Yeah, Brad Pitt grew up in Springfield, Missouri and attended the University of Missouri. Question number five. The rapper, Eminem, Marshall Mathers, was born in St. Joseph, Missouri. False. Again, true. Again, true. I know why you went false, because there's been too many true ones. Well, yeah, it's true. But I didn't realise And also I thought, surely he's from... Is he from Michigan? This is not a multiple choice maths test, Johnny. You do not just go, yeah. we've had too many Bs, we're going to switch to Cs. That is that is how multiple choice works. Read the signs, see what's going on. Okay, no, no, I, I think you're doing all right there so far. Um, question number six. Which 2014 film and novel was mainly set in North Carthage, Missouri? Uh, oh, God. That is a tricky one. Do you want one of the actors? Yeah, go on then. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Well, I mean, it could be Batman versus <laughs> Superman. <laughs> you bl- um, you wish, Johnny. You wish. Do you want to give you another one of the actors? Yeah. Rosamund Pike. Oh, Gone Girl. Gone Girl, yeah. Should have gone. I just couldn't think of anything Ben Affleck had been in, unsurprisingly. <laughs> well, that's just because Batman vs. Superman was so good, it's taken all your concentration away from any other Ben Affleck films. That's all you can think of. Ben Affleck's either Good Will Hunting or Batman. I mean, these days, Casey Affleck's sort of overtaken him as the, the big Affleck. And in the sexual misconduct states, which well, is I don't know, actually, Ben Affleck's taking up exactly. the rear. It's quite no a competitive field in the Affleck household. But yeah, Casey Affleck, Ben Affleck... Both up to no good. Uh, and then the final question, number seven. Which famous Mark Twain novels, and I'll let you give either of them, was set partially in St. Petersburg, Missouri? Oh, Tom Sawyer. Is that is that the character or is it Huckleberry Friend? Are it, they different it's both. ones? The, the two, I'm going to give you them. The uh, books are called The Adventures of Tom Sawyer and The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Ah, perfect. I sort of thought they were the same person in a way. So, you... Good to know they're not. I think you got one, two, three, four, five. 
Five out of seven. I'll take that. Four and a half because I mean the the Ben Affleck Rosamund Pike clues yeah, were pretty sledgehammer. Rosamund Pike haven't really seen her in anything else. So die another day. I'm gonna <laughs> haven't really seen her in anything else. In every relationship, there's a bull and a cow. It just so happens that in this relationship right here with me and you, I'm the bull. You're the cow. This is so fucked up. So we're going to finish off with a little game we started last year and very much enjoyed, and we'd like to carry on with. Um, so that game we're going to call This Is The Title, What Is The Movie? Please don't sue us, mock the week. So, Johnny, um, there's no James Pugh as far as I can see, so you're going to have to take the mantle for this week. Well, um, I, there was one I was going to pick, but I didn't in the end, which said, which was called, which I just saw the was advertised today. This is, this is the most movie men thing ever. Every single time we do something, it's, I was going to do this, but now... You've got to, you've got to put your alternatives out there. Which like said, when we do a top ten and the, the like honourable mentions are like 18 people. We <laughs> like to cover all bases. Yeah, yeah. Just in case anyone thought I'd forgotten this. So the one I was going to choose, but didn't in the end, which we all need to know about, was called Don't Worry, He Can't Get Very Far, He's On Foot. <laughs> which I thought had a lot of potential but I didn't so much. didn't even know where to go with it right you didn't know where to begin there was just too many there things there was too many options so you, needed, you needed a mind map or a spider diagram I did or a you know a collage on the wall yeah yeah like a, a kind of montage scene where you're like putting pins on string between different uh, what are they called post-it notes and like images of sketchy looking characters and maps and shit like that that's what you needed didn't you yeah, I didn't have time for that. I didn't have any drawing pins either. What do, you, so. what do you mean you don't have time for that in your current unemployment? Well, set? I didn't have any strings, and I wasn't going to go to the shop and buy string, was <laughs> yeah, I? That's true. So instead, the film is called... Where do you even get string these days? The yarn shop? <laughs> Smith's? <laughs> is Smith's still going? <laughs> I don't know. It's gone the way of Woolworths. Woolworths is where I would have normally gone for my yarn. But... I mean, Woolworths is where you go for everything. Yeah. Literally anything. Not anymore. Tragic. The death of the high street. <laughs> That's a, that's a whole other issue. Yeah. Um, that can be the, the top five for one week. Our favourite high street shops that have closed down. Oh, uh, Rumbelows. <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah. Anyway, we, we, we digress. We digress. So the film I've chosen as the title, The More You Ignore Me. Go on. Well. <laughs> that's, is that it? you may know. Is that it? it feels like that's which, unfinished. Which I saw. The title, I thought, The More You Ignore Me. Which I thought, well, must be named after the Morrissey single. Uh, of the course. The more you ignore me, the closer I get. As an absolute Morrissey diehard who's currently wearing a Morrissey sweatshirt. Oh, see, I'm, I was well prepared for this. I'm trying to rack my brains the last time I saw you without a Morrissey slash Smith's garment. I probably should uh, buy some more. <laughs> yeah. You can never have too Fashion many. up. So, you even have a Morrissey Christmas jumper. Well, you <laughs> wait to see my Easter jumper. <laughs> Just him coming out of an egg. <laughs> Uh, but that would be murder because meat is murder. Yeah, so. that's true. That's true. He wouldn't agree with Easter. He'd be on vegan veganuary. He'd be writing to Andy Burnham telling him to stop Easter. <laughs> right, anyway. So the more you ignore me, and this is the plot. The year is 2020 and Morrissey is without a record label and without a country. After making inflammatory comments against Donald Trump, the USA revokes Morrissey's residential visa, forcing him out of the country. On his return to England, he's denied entry due to his passport being invalid because the colour is a, is a pre-Brexit red one and yeah. not the new blue one. That's true. That's true. It's a brave new world. England isn't his, and it certainly doesn't owe him a living. <laughs> Forced to reside in the stateless Isle of Man. It had to be somewhere. Right. This right. charming man sets out to revive his ailing career. 
Finding an old abandoned radio station on the island, he begins to broadcast his music and increasingly radical political views across British airwaves. <laughs> will Big Mouth strike again, or will British authorities stop him, stop him, stop him, because they've heard this one before? Whatever the case, there's no doubt, the more you ignore Morrissey, the closer he gets. And following his Oscar-worthy performance as Winston Churchill in 2018, Gary Oldman returned as Smith's frontman Morrissey. OK. And his tip for another Oscar... Fantastic. You heard it here first. You really had some fun with that, didn't you, Johnny? That I did. Going so through the titles, I thought, well, it has to be, doesn't it? You kept it very topical. There was Brexit in there, there was Trump. Um, by that stage, though, I do have, this is my main problem with that. By that stage, will Morrissey's political views actually be seen as radical, or will they be seen as quite moderate? I could have changed it post-Brexit apocalyptic scenario you paint. Maybe we'll get to the end of Brexit and Theresa May will be binned off and then everyone will go hey Morrissey sounds pretty sensible these days yeah, and it'll be yeah. sworn in as the yeah, new yeah. PM. And if that doesn't paint a portrait of post-Brexit Britain I don't know what does. There you go you know. Thank you 52%. Panic on the Well, that's all we have time for for this shortened version of The Movie Men this week. But we will be back in a couple of weeks' time and hopefully we'll have a full contingent with James Pugh also joining us. In the meantime, please follow us on social media. We are on Twitter and Facebook. We're The Movie Men Show on Twitter and probably the same on Facebook. I probably really should have checked that before we looked, but you know as it is. And if you enjoy the show, please do review us on iTunes. Apparently that's really important. Never never thought to ask that before, but apparently that's We should really probably important. review ourselves, shouldn't that, we? And then we might get more than 50 listeners a week. That would be great. We should probably review ourselves. That's No, that's 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 the way that that's exploitation, Johnny. That's not the way that We'll start paying people. We've got Amazon and eBay. We're honest. Yeah, yeah. Positive yeah. feedback all the way. So as I said before, that's it from us. We're going to go and put up some billboards in support of Morrissey's prime ministerial campaign for 20 2022. Vote Moz. <laughs>